It'll be southerly at one metre, inshore increasing to around one metre offshore, 50% chance of a shower, partly cloudy, and it's expected to stay that way pretty much for most of the week with regard to those conditions offshore. For uh, Broken Bay to Port Hacking, east to southeasterly, 10 to 15 knots turning northeasterly in the evening. Seas around one metre. This first swell will be a southerly at one to 1.5 inshore, increasing to one to two offshore. Second swell, a Southeasterly, two metres tending to easterly, 1.5 to 2 metres during the morning, then decreasing to 1.5 by evening. Dangerous surf conditions, they warn you about crossing a bar and they warn you about going rock fishing, Karen. Yes, and uh, take that on board, please. It's most important. But we won't go into it, I won't. You're going to get more fired up. More about how, how you put other people's lives at risk because of your stupidity. Just give us the tides. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, we've got a high tide rising at 10.12 this morning. Massive. It's at 2.05 of a metre. That's how Blakey likes it. We're going to get it to the nth degree. The low tide will be at 4.46 p.m., 0.13 of a metre. Another high at 22.47, that's 11.47 tonight, 1.58 of a metre. Don't forget the sun, I've got a question for you here. Yeah. The sun will rise at 6.26 a.m. Yeah. It will set at 7.54 p.m. Now, is uh, that just in New South Wales or... Uh, that's New South Wales. For Queensland? That's New South Wales. Okay, so... But I think it would be pretty simple. You know, take away daylight saving time, and it'd be pretty similar. Yeah, so we've got 5.26 up here and uh, 6.54. Now, don't forget the moon. uh, He will rise at 7.22, and he will set at 20.58, which is 8.58 p.m. tonight. Now, does the moon... Is he aware that there's daylight saving as well? <laughs> he is aware that there's daylight saving, and that's why we've got <laughs> such a big tide. Order, order. The professor is now in class. Good morning, boys. Good morning, sir. Students, pay attention. Here's Laurie McAnally. Oh. I think school is going to be great. I think it is too. I love this time of the week. Good morning, Laurie McAnally. Good morning, Grant. Good morning, Kieran. And, and Kieran, they have the same sun in Queensland as we have here. Oh, well, there you go. When we get into the second part of the show, I'm going to give you some homework, Kieran. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Seeing I'm the professor. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Anyway, you heard yesterday, listeners probably who were listening yesterday, PJ and I was up here with his mate Scotty for three days, but the weather, the weather just didn't go with them. Look, the the, uh, the one trick that we should talk about very, very quickly, I'll, I'll get into that. I shouldn't jump around from topic to topic. When you're talking about the weather and the tides today, what happens? There is a bit of groundswell running, but this morning you're going to have a 2.05 high tide, massive high tide. So the waves won't break on the bar. So you go down, have a look and say, oh, that's not too bad. I'll then go you go see. out. <laughs> so you go out. Beautiful. But all that water, that massive amount of water that's in the river, has to come out with the tide changes. So when you come home at 12 o'clock, you've got two-metre waves standing up and cracking and rolling and this fearsome tide running out with what's called pressure waves. Uh, and that's what... That's what catches people. If you're, you know, for the average punter, if you're going to go this morning, you go early. Change the tides about nine thirty, so you know it's going to start running fair income about ten thirty. So you have to, you have to be home by sort of half past ten, quarter to eleven. Yeah. Or you'll get, or you will have to pick your way through a very, very nasty bar. And it's all right for people like myself who've been doing it for fifty years. It's not all right for people who've only had the boat six weeks. Yeah, and those with smaller motors, because don't forget, if you've got a three-knot current coming out, that's, you know, you have to deduct that from your total speed and it's harder to stay in position on the wave. Today it might be seven knots coming out. And it makes the wave stand up and you get pressure waves up. I'm just saying it's a combination of circumstances. Everyone says, oh, yep, 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 this is all right. Well, it's not really... There's a lot more to it than just all right. It's... 
there's a bit of thinking got to go into the process. We do have a groundswell. It says so in the, uh, in the, in the forecast. And the run-out tide will accentuate the groundswell. So anyway, there's my little professorial bit. <laughs> Fishing report. Yes, we had uh, Scotty and uh, and PJ here for the three days. We caught, what did we catch? We, we, we couldn't do much because it just rained and blew and carried on. Uh, we got 10 mud crabs, and he put his, which is just in the creeks around behind my house here, uh, and we got, we, he put his traps up where I've been telling people there's some good blue summer crabs. So he got three really nice male blue summer crabs. Just, uh, when you come up to the, uh, you go through the cut and take your way up towards Stewart's Point. And when you get up to the top, if you turn left, you go into Anderson's Inlet where all the oyster, uh, oyster farms are. And if you go straight ahead, you go to Stewart's Point and the back of the north wall. Now that whole stretch has got, is full of ribbon weed. And what you do is you pick, Pick the spots where you can see a, a little patch of sand in the middle of the ribbon weed. Put your trap there. Use your Polaroids and put your trap there. And in the morning, you will have two or three nice big blue swimmers in each trap. So uh, it's been pretty good all season up there. Uh, and this time, right now, the crabs are in absolutely tippy-top condition. They're full of meat and uh, they're really, really good. The only thing I missed was I actually had to get some... Uh, prawns, tiger prawns for PJ and if anyone's on his website just have a look at the size of them they're like little lobsters <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen the prawn? No I haven't, I'll go look at it now actually Yeah, put them, on, put them back on, 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 on the web, website the, the ones he cooked, he split them in they're, hang on, they're bigger than a can of beer, each prawn Oh wow Oh yeah, no, no, I got him some proper prawns and uh, he split them down the middle and did them in butter and garlic and grilled them Oh, 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 yes. Sorry, PJ, if you're listening, my friend, and I know you will be. Everyone, what people don't realise is about 14 hungry people camp on PJ's front lawn every night hoping (laughs) he'll give them some. Wow, I'm so going to post that on the Facebook page. I wish it... I wish yeah. I could share. I can't. Yeah, I can't share from his uh, uh, no. page. No, oh, you might be able to. No, I'm anyway. saying no. No, okay. Anyway, the uh, he, I think he took the um, I think he took the mud crabs to the local Thai restaurant, and they had coconut curry mud crab. Oh. So this is the this is the thing for fishermen. Most people, you know, you cannot afford this sort of thing. But if you're a fisherman, you do it yourself. It's fantastic. Costs you next to nothing. So yeah, so he's had ten muddies. A bag of great big prawns and some blue swimmers. I think, yeah, what will happen, he'll burst out in hives now because his histamine level will be too high. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the payback for eating too much shellfish. I'd pop that or, on or the... it plays up if you suffer from gout, which I don't. But if you suffer from gout, it'll activate your gout. So there you go. Anyway, the fishing otherwise, quite a few boats did go to sea and put up with the nonsense out there. If you look, some of the commercial guys have to go. Uh, their main catch through the week was long-tailed tuna, northern bluefin tuna. Good-sized fish, around the 10, 12-kilo mark, a couple of bigger ones. There were only a couple of mackerel caught. These were small Spaniards. Just so people know, when there is a ground swell, spotty mackerel, for whatever reason, don't bite. They like it flat. So uh, they didn't, I didn't see any spotties caught, but certainly a couple of little Spaniards. Quite a few uh, cobia in the 5 to 10-kilo mark. Were caught just one, ones and twos on the boats, but there was quite a few caught between the fleet. So that's all of it's all right. So there's a uh, offshore was good, bottom fishing very poor, uh, a few tuskies and a few trags, but not much else. So uh, uh, I think we'll have to wait till probably closer to April till uh, the water cools off a bit to to get some good bottom fish. But they're there, but it's just the water says the water conditions aren't suiting them. Uh, there's flathead in the 30s straight off the town there. And a few, uh, well, there's, I guess, a few spanner crabs that were, were caught through, through the week as well. So anyway, that, that's that's offshore beach and rock, pretty quiet. Uh, a few, a few better brim this week on the beach. It was I saw a handful being cleaned by a few people. An odd good tailor, uh, a few dart, a few flatties. But the, the beach fishing this year in summer has not been great, but that's how it is. And the river is still very good for brim. PJ told you he's in one of the little creeks, and they were fishing those um, little clear popper things they flick around or black ones and they got 10, 10 brim and some flathead and, and a finger and well they get their Moses perch so they, got, they had a bit of fun throwing some lures around the creeks 
Uh, Flatted have gone a little quiet. We haven't seen the same numbers or size this couple of weeks as we have all the rest of the season. It was about time. I mean, I don't know how many Flatted here got got caught through the from August through to uh, January, but there must be a staggering number of fish got caught. So they've gone a bit quiet. There are whiting up above Jerseyville on the flats, and at night time, particularly around Gladstone, Smithtown, there's some very good whiting there. And for the um, for Bobby Dean upriver, yep, Bob, very, very good bass this year. There's been some lovely fish taken from Green Hills all the way up to Bellbrook. So uh, good fishing. Uh, the freshwater's been very good if you've got a canoe. So, well, that's, that's the fishing report, and we better do the homework after the ad. We certainly shall. Just looking at um, the um, Facebook page for Southwest Rocks Fishing, and they've got a nice aerial shot of a... It actually looks like a skinny sort of a uh, hammerhead shark, but... Um, that's, a, that's a scalloped hammerhead. Yeah, it's... Uh, Amy's a scalloped hammerhead. There's a few of them this year. He's a, he looks big, though. He looks big. big. We'll take our break and we'll we'll return after recess. Here we go. This is High Tide, 16 after 5. 2SM Super Network News. From global events to local stories, we've got you covered. The federal government is calling for greater housing development in a bid to tackle the nation's housing supply. Super Network News is immediate, independent and unbiased. There's some good news for people with mortgages, with interest rates expected to remain steady for most of the year. Stay informed with our team. Bringing you the news that impacts your world. 2SM Super Network News. Today I'm talking to Tracy, who is one of Arbor Vitae's many happy customers. Hi, Tracy. Hello, Lee. When did you start taking Arbor Vitae and what for? I'm a cake maker by trade and suffered with sore hands for years, which is a common issue for my fellow bakers. They know how debilitating it is. A friend suggested I tried Arbor Vitae, and I can't believe how well it's worked for me. What benefits have you noticed from Arbor Vitae? It was after my second bottle that I noticed the difference. My pain has all but disappeared. It's like a magic potion. I'm able to work with no pain. No stretch of the truth. It's worked so well for me. It's wonderful to hear how much of a positive impact it has had on your life. Thank you for your time, Tracy. Arbovitae is an easy-to-take daily supplement that may help manage some of the most common health disorders caused by inflammation. Arbovitae health supplements are now available at Chemist Warehouse, Australia's cheapest chemist. Visit arbovitae.com.au. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. With a few simple clicks on the Finance Easy website, you can borrow a serious amount of money without even leaving home. They make finance easy, offering a large range of lenders with rates more competitive than the bank. Applying couldn't be easier. Just visit the Finance Easy website, provide a few details, and they'll take care of the rest. Go to financeeasy.com.au or call 1300 003 003. Australian Credit Licence Number 392182. Recently retired and want to give back to the community? Looking to contribute to a worthwhile cause? Join View Clubs of Australia, a friendly women's network in your local community. View supports the Smith family to help Australian children in need break the cycle of poverty. Become a member today. Call 1800 805 366 or go to view.org.au. Because they specialise in strata complex unit and commercial building repairs or upgrades, Network Construction Services are the remedial building specialists that you can trust and you really can trust them. They're good. So if you do need repairs or you do need refurbishments or maintenance to your strata complex or unit or commercial building, Network Construction Services are the leaders in remedial building work. Call Steve, 98085673. SM has Sydney talking. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network, you're listening to High Tide. Brought to you by Blake's Marine. Check out the range at blakesmarine.com.au and Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. Yeah, do hop on blakesmarine.com.au. Go check out some of the stasis available. Bow crushers, they're all in stock at the moment. Blakey is uh, pumped up for a big year, and I'm sure he will look after you in no small way. Now, Kieran, do you have your notepad ready to go? I'm ready. All over to you, Laurie Mack. Well, I better give you the homework first, Kieran. I was going to do some other stuff, but um, the, the Graham Donaldson, a friend of the show, he yeah. said, um, 
he, he sent me a, a, a thing with Dougie Burt, you know, Telly Tubby's brother. Yeah. Yeah, Dougie Burt was at the tackle show in Osaka a couple of weeks ago. Oh, right, and, okay. Uh, he, hey? Okay. Yeah, and he sent me a, a thing where they were doing the release of the Shimano, the new Shimano electric reels, where they've got some small ones and some new size. They look fantastic, by the way. But part of the new technology in those reels is that uh, if you've got a Furuno sounder, uh, you can actually get the screen vision from your boat's sounder on your screen on your electric reel. They've got a Bluetooth set up in the reel. <laughs> you, can, you can key it so that you can be watching what's happening on the sounder while you're fishing. How clever is this? Yeah. Only from, only from Shimano, folks. So I should have gone up there. I didn't. Usually the show is on on the last... Uh, three days of January, uh, February, and what you do, you go up, go and do the tackle show in Japan, and then you've got the Cherry Blossom Festival straight after. It's wonderful. So I've been up a couple of times and done it, but I didn't. Um, I, should, I, I might go next year. Uh, yeah, hey, Lord, you know, I'm sure you've got Dougie Bird's phone number, Kieran. You can get him on next. I week have got Dougie Bird's phone number, and also uh, coming on next Sunday is uh, one of the boys from Shimano to talk about it. Oh, right. Well, even better. Yeah. 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 And if they want to lend me one, I'll be happy to trial it. <laughs> I've got... No, no, I don't, I'm not... I don't need them. I've got four electric reels. I'm not short of reels, but um, these look very, very flash, very fancy. And for just anyone who hasn't used, if you go deep sea fishing or charter boat fishing, if you haven't used an electric... Once you use an electric reel... You'll never go back to turning the handle once you've got one. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> I originally, when I you know heard about you know uh, the electric reel, I thought, oh yeah, righto, yeah, okay. Well, it was specifically designed for people um, that had a disability. That was the way I sort of viewed them. But having listened to Paul Burke talk about deep sea fishing with the electric reels and other people like yourself, it actually seems like a really smart way to go. Well, you go out to 175 metres where we go out and catch our bar cod. Hook a, hook a 10 kilo bar cod and wind him to the top. And when you're sitting down the back, once the fish is on the deck, you're sitting down the back wheezing and farting after you've caught him. <laughs> yeah. you'll know why, you will know why we use electric reel. Absolutely. Because the bloke with the electric reel, well, you can, oh, well, I must admit even now, I've actually bought some special fancy rod holders in. I actually don't even, unless I have to, I don't even hold the rod till it's just about 10 metres from the boat. <laughs> sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes I fish it, sometimes I don't. So, uh, but yeah, once you fish with electrics, you will never go back. So, uh, but they, they're now coming to a range of sizes. The little ones are really handy, or small ones, are really handy for normal type fishing inside sort of 60, 70 metres. You can... They hold about 350 of 50-pound uh, braid, and uh, they're just fantastic. They're just beautiful little things. So anyway, have a, just have a look at them. But these, all these new fit, you know, once you've got, you know, chips in them, you can add all these add-ons. Like, as I said, you can marry it up to your sounder. So you can you can see what the skipper sees on the, on the sounder. How about that? Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Now, the other one, we've got to do a, a quick, Mark, Mark Benaziak was on yesterday, but he didn't mention it. On, on his website at the Fishers and Shooters, if you go on there, you'll see he's got a picture of a packet of, it says flathead on the front in big writing. Bird's eye flathead. If you look in the small bit, it says South American flathead. <laughs> <laughs> the small print says South American flathead. So uh, it's not really, it's flathead cod. It's uh, Antarct oh, Arc no, Antarctic cod. Well, they catch them all down the coast of uh, the bottom part of South America, um, some on the Chile, Chilean side and some on the Argentinian side. But yes, so, and birds, I've got them. Uh, I think they're crumbed, and it says fifty-one percent flathead. What's the other forty-nine percent? Anyway, come out of the. Oh, you Anyway, what a lot of angry comments. But look, this problem has been around for a decade. You know, the Nats were asked when they were in Parliament, the Nats were asked on half a dozen times to fix it. But just like in New South Wales, the Nats in Canberra, they don't side with fishermen, mate. They side with big business. You know, they're not really, they don't support the little 
country person at all. So uh, anyway, so every time we asked them, I had looked just too hard and very expensive for the companies and just mind your own business and stay out of it. And we, we tried and tried and tried. At least the Labor Party is bringing in uniform names and they're bringing in this uh, marking when you go to the restaurant, you'll see um, you'll see L for local. Um, I forget what it is. There's three three numbers that will appear on the menu beside your fish, so you'll know what fish you're buying if it's if it's local L I and something and combined L I or C local or L O and C local overseas or combined. So, but it's just a con job, folks. Read the labels, read the packaging. Uh, and just see what it is. It's not local fish. It's not flathead. It's flat-headed cod. So just to clarify, you tried and tried and tried to change it or to mind your well, own no, business? I, well, no, I took... We went to Canberra, oh, I don't know, four or five times to Barnaby and then to uh, Little Proud and said, look, this is an issue. You know, yeah. Australia, the normal Australian consumer is being ripped off. Absolutely. Because the, the labelling is not true. And... Uh, it probably is true in a, in a, in a way because it, it's flat-headed cod, but it is the actual word on the box says flat-head. Doesn't, there's no mention of cod anywhere. It just says flat-head. And uh, Again, we, we tried to get this sort of truth in marketing in both New South Wales and in Canberra. The only person who put anything up that was any good was Mick Veach. Who was, uh, uh, he actually put some very good legislation before the parliament. And it was not defeated because it was no good. It was defeated by Niall Blair and the, and the Nats because it wasn't theirs. So they had the power. They, they, they defeated it and the bill was lost. And for New South Wales consumers, you can thank the Nats for the mess we've got now. So anyway, Labor's trying to do little bits and pieces. So that, that was that. So it was, it's, it's just one of those interesting things. But... Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that, that, that floats around. The other thing from last week, I said Scott Hansen, the boss at DPI, had left DPI. He didn't leave DPI. He left with a size 10 up his rear end. It's, <laughs> he got the bullet. Wow. <laughs> well, I thought, look, I thought uh, the, the minister was absolutely useless, but she's obviously got enough in her to fire the boss of, uh, of DPI. So now Sean Sloan's head of, acting head of DPI and Peter Turnell's acting head of fisheries. So... We might see something change there. I doubt and, uh, it. I doubt it. Going back, it's peace run out of all. The same story as before. We've got, we had, you know, do nothing, do nothing Dougal Saunders from Dubbo. He was a National Party minister. He didn't even leave a footprint in the sand. And uh, our, uh, our new minister looks like she's, she's, she's taken a leaf out of his book and she's doing nothing either. But at least she sacked, well, she sacked Scott Hanson because I think he's, I, don't, I think over the B issue, I think over the, um, I think he got the bullet over the over the uh, varroa mite issue. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, made many errors there with the bees. Many, many errors. Well, the biggest problem was that they never, ever, and they should always should have because they knew a problem would arise. They never, ever had any traceability. Your beehives. Should have none. Like, if I catch it when I was a commercial fisherman, if I catch a fish and wade in at the co-op, it can go right through the marketing chain in New South Wales. If there is a problem with that fish, fisheries can trace that fish right back to my doorstep. Right? So um, we have a traceability. What they had, they had no numbers on the hives, no record-keeping for what went on trucks and what got moved around. So that, you know, hives could be moved. And even when the problem started, they had no, you know, those, every hive should have had a traceable number. So that, and, you know, if, if you move the hive from point A to point B, it, it, it went on a log, uh, a log sheet, and, and that, hive, that hive's movement could be traced. And that was, that was the biggest problem they had. They couldn't trace who'd done what. And, of course, a couple of people decided not to play the game. And moved their hives and didn't tell anybody. So, um, in a, in and out of these regions where they shouldn't have, where there were varroa mite, and then the the, the the DPI had no way of tracing who did what, where it went. It also there, there had to be some you know there had to be some traceability of the hives, and it wasn't. It, it never happened. But they should have thought of that long before varroa mite came in. Yeah. Well, you know, let me tell you. 
as far as I'm concerned, I mentioned it yesterday, you know, I think we need to put the broom through the top of them. The, the top of fisheries, all the executives need to go. Yeah, well, yeah, well, there's a, an old rule here and saying I've worked in minister's office. Don't ever, don't ever come with anything unless you've got the answer. <laughs> don't land in the minister's office whinging. That doesn't work. Thank you for firing, Kieran. You've got to come in with the answer. Thank you for firing, well, Kieran. Up, we, 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 get rid of I, know, I can hear, I can hear him bubbling over. He, at the top. he just doesn't care. Open, the bubbles are coming out. Yeah, yep. Yeah, you can, yeah. you can almost hear the steam from here. Laurie, we have to leave it at that, buddy. Thank you so much time for your go. time. Time to go. Time to go. Thanks, bud. Cheers, mate. Twenty nine minutes away from six here on High Tide. A voice you know, a voice you trust. The King of Radio, John Laws. The minute a boss dares, contact a staff member after hours. It's uh, off to jail, you go. Thank God the Greens are never going to be running the country. You'd have to leave. The fact that they hold the balance of power in the Senate, that's bad enough. All the steel's going to China now and we're going to buy it back off them. All the scrap, I mean. What the hell are we doing that for? Oh, because we're idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, you may well be right. You may well be right. Nobody can save the Governor-General because nobody can save the Governor-General. I see, that's an impersonation of Gough Whitlam. Yeah, is that right? Oh, yeah, that was terrific. Sounded just like it. The John Laws Morning Show, weekdays from 9 on 2SM. Our bathroom wear stock is overflowing at Beaumont's, so we're pulling the plug. Save on bathroom packages. Take up to 30% off all bathroom wear, like House 25 Brushed Gold Shower, 30% off. You'll be happy you chose Beaumont's. Weddings and other group functions are par for the course at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. In their beautifully appointed clubhouse overlooking the picturesque 18th Green, Twin Creeks can create an event for you your family and friends will really enjoy. Do yourself a favour and find out about having your wedding or other group function at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. Go to twincreeksgolf.com.au or phone Twin Creeks Friendly Function staff on 9670 There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. They make Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers, which offer protection like no other. So you can get out and about knowing that the interior is Protected from spills, mud, sand, dogs, even messy family members. Razorback 4x4 have the strongest, most comfy seat covers this side of the black stump and they're customisable with free shipping Australia-wide. Head to razorback4x4.com.au and grab some for your four-wheel drive today. That's razorback4x4.com.au. Ensure a smooth journey by starting your next road trip at your local Repco Authorised Service Centre, where expertise meets reliability. Our technicians will check your vehicle is road trip ready. At Repco Authorised Service, we prioritise your safety and peace of mind. (laughs) Don't let car troubles ruin your holiday. Book your service online at repcoservice.com and hit the road with confidence. If you're looking forward to getting the best care for your mum or dad, look no further than Widden. Whether it's extra support for mum or dad in their own home or residential care, find out more at widden.com.au. 2SM, Sydney's Talking. 2SM 1269. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network... This is High Tide. Brought to you by Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. Welcome back to High Tide. Time now to catch up with Peter Johnson. Good morning, PJ. Good morning to you all. How are you? And good morning, listeners. Happy Sunday to you all. Well, earlier today, Kieran was smiling. Um, We're going to try and change that. (laughs) We were going to have a special guest on the program just after 6 o'clock this morning, but that's not going to happen. Fill us in on what transpired and and what what they were going to talk about. Well, last week we raised the Mark Banasiak and myself raised the issue of the um, Monaro Acclimatisation Society not being consulted um, about some bans on stocking trout in certain rivers in the Snowy region um, because of the you know uh, population of a, a galax native fish, and uh, 
So much so, it was the last um, nail in the coffin for um, Steve Samuels, who's been the president of Monaro Acclimatisation Society for a long time. And after last week's show, I managed to catch up with their secretary, Rod Whiteway, um, and he said, look, he's hoping that the AGM that was uh, held last weekend would be a fruitful event, and he was hoping a certain fellow would get elected as president. It transpired that that certain fellow did. Uh, Kerry Pfeiffer got elected as president of the Monaro Acclimatisation Society, and Rod graciously gave me his contact details, passed mine on to uh, uh, Kerry so they could um, we could line up to interview them on it. So I rang him up on Friday and said, hi, Pete Johnson from High Tide. Um, you know, like, uh, you've been um, giving me details by uh, Rod. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, look, we'd really like to have you on the show. We know Steve stood down. You're the new president-elect. We'd like you to, um, you know, voice your opinions on, on what's happening. Um, and he's had to decline the interview, Ooh, which I thought was a bit odd. He, yeah, he, he's a perfect vehicle where we get the eye of the, um, the fishing fraternity and the ear of the fishing fraternity and, you know, we know the government listens to it. Um, and I said, oh, why? And he said, oh, we want to maintain our um, our friendly uh, association with DPI Fisheries. And I said, they haven't been too friendly to you of late. And he said, "Oh well, you know, look, I've got to, I've got to be seen as independent, and I can't be seen critical because we rely on fisheries and and that." And I thought, "Well, but that's okay. You, know, you guys have been the, the river keepers for so long, and now you're basically having a knife held at your back, and you don't want to comment on it." And then it transpires that he's on the board of the Gaden Trout Hatchery. That, but that's okay too. So, I, I don't even mind those two. Is that a conflict? They, would that be a conflict of interest? Or well, yeah, but I mean, if 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 you don't want to get on the wrong side of the DPI, you don't have to agree with me, and you certainly don't have to agree with you. Just come on and state your case, and just let the listeners yeah. make up their mind. Yeah, and you know, like. I, I don't know. It might be one thing for you know the climatisation society to sit there and say we're going to be impartial to it. But what they've done, if they're not going to take a stand, they've thrown the rest of the trout fishermen that aren't members of the MAS under the bus. Yeah. And, you know, the potential, you know, the potential uh, fallout that, you know, any bans on stocking means that the fish numbers get fewer and fewer and people stop um, visiting the area, well, then hotel accommodation will suffer and, you know, tackle shops and supermarkets and all that. You know, like, summertime, some of the best dry time, dry fly fishing happens in the Monaro region, you know. And, and, and uh, look, he's got his reasons, but, yeah, for me it's lost. But the good thing is, Grant, that uh, Mark Banasiak will still be taking the fight up in the budget Estimates Committee Yeah, when he gets to talk to the Minister about I, it. I mean, look, we're, we're talking about an introduced species and they, they were talking about, um, you know, the, the natural fish stocks or the natural species in there anyway. So, like, the I'm, natives. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I'm natives. natives. I'm sitting on the fence, you know. I, I don't, I'm not a trout fisherman, so I'm, I'm, I'm not affected by that. But I'm sitting on the fence. Convince me that this is a good idea and not a knee-jerk reaction. And I, I, I certainly wouldn't be hostile <laughs> in my approach. I'd actually be um, asking questions from a research point of view, like fill me in, let, let me know more about it. But this sort of comes back to what you were talking about last week. It's less to do with the decision and more to do with the lack of consultation. And yet again, here we are. So from what I gather now, there's a subserving attitude of, uh, you know, like we're, we're going to um, stop you from stocking these stretches of the river and then lining up and saying, oh, yes, thank you, sir. Can I have some more? Yeah. You know, um, and I've spent a couple of decades fighting for fishermen's rights um, for different levels on review committees and, you know, uh, you know, by being chairman of the fishing branch and running for parliament to try and represent fishermen's rights. And here we have a, a classic case of uh, let's not do nothing, but we'll complain about the findings, you know. Like, 
if you want to change history, you've got to be part of the change. Yeah. You know, don't sit back and cop it. And, you know, like I'm happy for them to ring up and they can me over it. But, you know, like it's not just um, the MAS. It's a bigger picture than that. It's the whole economy on stocks trout fishing that's going to suffer if they don't do nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's – but once again, here we go back to we've made the decision. We don't need to justify it. You're just the public that vote us in and, and pay our wages via your taxes. So stuff you. I mean, people People have finally woken up that the, the COVID mandates were a crock of crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like we, did, we, we, we didn't have to go through all that stuff. And, 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 and yeah, they still sit there and, and take what's given to us. And, and I, I put that back to Australians um, being out here as convicts and we've been told from day one what's good for us and we just accept it. And yeah. there's only a handful of us that are against that. And we just say we question it every time now. The she'll be right attitude. Yeah, I will get by, you know, like, yeah, it's a death, death of a thousand cuts. Yeah, you know? you know, there's, in every debate, there's there's two sides, right? And there, there, there could well be two very solid sides in this debate. And at the end of the debate, we could all walk away going, well, I still don't know which way to go, but I'm at least a bit more educated and that's what yeah, they're lacking. They're lacking transparency. Their transparency. They're lacking what they are put in there to do, which is represent us. Yeah, well, see, it's a bit of a three-legged stool, Grant. I guess, for want of a better term, and that is that there's this finding by the Commonwealth Department of Environment that's you know saying that you can't do it, and New South Wales is blindly following it when they don't actually have to blindly follow it. You know, but um, as I said, um, all I smell is um, people, you know, saying, oh, we found this uh, galaxis out here. It's, it's thought to be threatened. It's uh, now in these stretches of river. Oh, hang on, we have to do more uh, surveys and more study and more research. And, oh, can we have some government funding, please? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of... So yeah. it, it, a, a, a critical thing, it would say, is this... Uh, is this, um, you know, self-funding for my career or something, you know? There seems to be a trend going on at the moment. We've had it with, with, with climate change. We're now having it with the wind farms. And, and yet again, here's another example of everything, wants to, everything has to become politicised rather than factual-based. In science, in the whole concept of science is... PJ, this is what I see as a hypothesis. And you come back to me and say your hypothesis doesn't work because of blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, yes, it does because of blah, blah, blah. And we have a conversation about it. We present evidence. And at the end of it, we come to a conclusion on whether the hypothesis becomes a theory or it's just, you know, wishful thinking on my my behalf. There's nothing wrong with that process. It's a process which, you know... (coughs) all the way back to the, the ancient Greeks with Socrates and people like that, not trying to turn this into a, you know, a history lesson, but those types of debates are important for society. So if you, if you want to bring in something, by all means bring it in, but at least have a debate on it, at least have evidence put on the table, base it on science and allow people to view the science and then come up with their own opinion and hear what they've got to say. But we don't do that anymore. Whether it's climate change, whether it's well, wind farms, whether it's fish stocks, they just say, stuff ya. Well, Grant, I look at it this way, right? If you can't quantify your findings, okay, if neither side can say, well, climate change does work, uh, does happen, and other people say it doesn't, and there's conflicting data, well, then both sides are open to say we need more funding to go and get further research to get definitive result, right? So there goes input. the grant yes. system, you know, and, and, and this, is, this is why I'm very critical of this sort of stuff. And then there used to be a, a thorough peer review process, but now peer reviewers just get a bunch of cronies, that, uh, sycophants that, you know, go through, and a lot of these people that are peer-reviewed are unpublished as well, yeah. you know, and I'll sit there and I'll go, well, hang on, what notable papers have they done? Because believe it or not, I'm not the world's smartest person, but I have gone through 
articles such as the Torn Blue Fringe, which is a huge document, and I went through it and I looked up all the researching notes that tried to quantify it. If you can't quantify it, then you can't disprove it either. True. So then you've got this merry-go-round of funding to prove or disapprove, you know? And and, and I just think people say, what's the next thing we can get funding for? Mm. You know, because, hey, you know, like I don't want to work for a living. I just want to get grants to do what I want to do, walk around the sunshine and collect bugs and look at little fish in streams or something, you know? That's it. That's yeah, it. Anyway. Maybe, maybe we've but, got you know, an like, occupation yeah. for us. <laughs> well, mate, you, you, you said you, you mentioned Socrates, mate. These people have been taking lessons from mediocrities. <laughs> <laughs> and the operative word there being media. Media. <laughs> <laughs> PJ, love your work, brother. Always good to catch up with you. We'll do the same next week. Thank you for your time. Hi, right, guys. Uh, happy Sunday. See ya. Hello there. I'm Sandy Roberts and I need your help. Ten Australians every day get diagnosed with an incurable disease that most have never heard of. The disease is called myeloma. In May of 2022, I was diagnosed with it. This is me asking you for your help to cure myeloma. Give generously and help me help Myeloma Australia find the cure. Donate today at www.myeloma.org.au. Hey you. Right now you're listening to a radio ad about DAB Plus Radio on the radio. Think about it. It's like the cells inside your brain that's inside your head that's on top of your body are informing you that you can listen to this station in digital quality on a DAB Plus radio for free or on a smart speaker. Discover the auditory awesomeness of more radio within the radio. Search DAB Plus and listen now. Are you building a new home? Well, there's a more affordable way with a PAL Kit Home, Australia's most experienced and trusted kit home supplier for more than 50 years. You can become an owner-builder and manage the building of your own home. PAL guarantee that you can do it even without prior building experience. Find out how you can build your very own home. Go to PAL, that's P-A-L, kithomes.com.au or you can phone them on 1-800-024-912. For the management of pain and inflammation associated with osteo and other mild forms of arthritis, try Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel. Always read the label, use only as directed and if symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Look for Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel at pharmacies and health food stores everywhere. To find the location of your nearest Stiff Sore and Sorry stockers, go to loveoilcollection.com.au or phone Ray on 040-6671-359. Why in the world would you shop anywhere else but Peters of Kensington? With the biggest names and the best prices, you'll want to shop until you drop. Peters of Kensington has become a Sydney institution now with additional locations at Barangaroo, Birkenhead Point and Alexandria. Peters of Kensington remains what it always has been, a family-owned and operated Australian company. Visit Peters of Kensington for the best quality homewares, luggage and dinner sets at amazing prices. Peters of Kensington, why in the world would you shop anywhere else? Meet the Hyundai Tucson N-Line. With its sleek and sporty design, next generation Blue Link connectivity and a cabin from out of this world, the future has just gone up a level. For a limited time only, enjoy a $1,500 factory bonus. Visit your local Hyundai dealer to discover more today. T's and C's apply. Imagine that. Hyundai. 2SM has Sydney talking. I'm very good. How is everyone? Not too bad. Not too bad. We're staying out of trouble. Can we... I know weather's supposed to be a little bit patchy uh, this weekend, but (laughs) put that to one side for the moment. Let's think positive for a change. What can we do this If we... If we had snow this week, we'd have every season. It's just all over the place at the moment. So, but but it is good in some ways because we've had some really bumpy conditions, um, which is good. Uh, we've had some pretty big swell that's been hitting the coast earlier in the week, um, 
And and that's actually going to be really good. Uh, and what I'm excited for is going to be the reef fishing because the reef fishing has been superb for Sydney. Um, we've had a really good snapper run, um, trag, flathead, moeys, just all them, you know, typical type of reef species we get off Sydney. It's been really strong. So we've had all these rough conditions, these swells. We've had, uh, I think, early in the week, it was probably about two and a half, three metres that was pumping the Sydney coastline. And that's really going to stir things up. And I think it'd be really good for in close as well. So um, if anyone's going to head out today, it's Probably not a bad option is to, is to stay in close because it has been fantastic. Um, so, yeah, so certain things, it, it's good. It, it'll stir things up. It'll be excellent. Um, dolphin fish have still been pretty good. Guys have still been actually getting out and actually chasing the dollies, even though the weather has definitely been up and down. There's still been a few little windows where you've been able to sneak out. Um, and, and, again, the size is still pretty consistent. Most of them are in that legal type of size, and, and quite a few are getting up into that 80 and 90 centimetre size pretty consistently. Um, and then there's still them odd big ones as well too around on the fads. So um, the wider fads probably been fishing a little bit better. Um, and the guys that have been fishing live baits, particularly a first light, have been doing the best. Um, but, yeah, it's still a very, very strong dolphin fish season. Um, we've got plenty of warm water off Sydney at the moment, and I'm sure we'll get some other weird, interesting critters, you know, coming down over the next couple of weeks. Um the other stuff that's interesting too has been the rock fishing. It's been really strong still. Um, again, weather's been up and down this week, but again, the little windows that anglers have been able to get out there and enjoy it, it's been really good. Um, like it's just, we call it like a bonito-a-thon because there's just so many bonito uh, running up and down the coast at the moment. Um, and they're really good fun sport fish to catch. Um, they're not too bad to eat and, and they're just good fun and, um, and a really good option as well too, not just for the rock anglers, but also for guys that say they wanted to troll a little around the rocks. It's it's a good little backup thing, you know. They're, they're just so much fun to catch. They're pretty plentiful. Uh, once you find them, you'll you'll find you'll get multiples because they are a bit of a schooling fish. Um, and yeah, they're just a good fun. And there's other stuff mixed up amongst them too. Um, some of the rock anglers have been getting kings, um, striped tuna as well too, mixed up amongst them as well. Um, so it's been really, really good. Um, now the, the other thing to keep in mind too, they've been everywhere. There's really no hot spots at the moment, which is another great thing about a strong season. So they've been for Sydney side, you can go all the way up to the Barren Joey. You've got Whale Beach or the, the Ovens, which is a really good rock ledge to fish on that northern beaches side. Long Reef. Um, all them little points have been fishing really well. Maroubra down at Cornell. Um, and if you want to do a bit of a trip for a weekend, you could head up to Avoca or even go down to Bass Point down in Shell Harbour as well. They've all been really strong. Um, and, and they are a pelagic fish. So sometimes you'll find one day a certain rock ledge will go on and then the next day it might quiet down a little bit as they move around. But, look, that's the luck of, of how it goes. But that's been really cool. Um in the estuaries, it's been interesting. We've had a bit of rain, and that's uh, upper reaches of really all the estuaries have been a little bit slow because we did get some pretty big uh, rainfall. Um, but the water's still very, very warm, um, so it really hasn't affected the fishing that much because the fish are still super active. Yeah. And if anything, it's probably concentrated them down a little bit more too. So they're more in the kind of like the mid-river um, and pushing out towards the main body of the estuaries at the moment. So like Sydney Harbour's been really good. The main body is is reasonably clean. Um, upper reaches is quite dirty, but a lot of the activities have been all around that main kind of harbour from Sydney Harbour to the Heads or to Manly, I suppose, and particularly Middle Harbour. It's been really good. There's been lots of kingfish getting caught. Um, the piers are still fishing really well. Uh, squidding's been a little bit slow with the rain. That's probably the only negative you get. But uh, again, we've probably touched on, I think, last week is is a lot of jewfish getting flushed out of the systems at the moment. So um, that main body of the harbour's been really strong. Um, same as in the bay, it's been kind of similar. Um, the Georges is quite dirty upriver, but again, mid-river kind of Como way, it's not too bad. Um, and again, a lot of the kings are kind of around that Mollamox Point, Bear Island, kind of more out the front type of thing. Um, and bait's been really easy to get. There's plenty of slimies around, the yakas. Um, the only thing that's been a little bit quiet, as I said before, has been the squidding, but um, the bay's been good. And for other bread and butter stuff too, they're still catching plenty of brim, plenty of trevally and flathead and all them type of species. So... Um, yeah, there's plenty to be had in the estuaries. Um, hacking's been very similar, um, but there's been some really good trevally. I was out there the other day, actually, and had an absolute ball catching these big trevally. It was just so much fun. Um, and also there's been kings pushing right up the back end towards the Albi Bay as well. Um, so that's a really good system of fish. It doesn't tend to get affected by the rain that we just had. But we've had big tides as well, too. It'll be clean, cleaned up pretty quickly. Um, and Hawkesbury, too, has been another interesting one as well. I don't know what's going on with the hair tail, but they're back again. <laughs> so weird. Like, it should be just a winter species, but I don't know what's going on there. Something something weird. Um, so there's a ton um, 
box head area. So they're kind of, I think they're on their way back into the system again in big numbers because some of the guys that have been getting amongst them, oh my gosh, the numbers have been just silly. Um, so Batonga is the other area that we've heard of and obviously moving up into that cow system. So if you are going to fish the Hawkesbury at the moment, I would definitely recommend to bring the wire because you never know what's going to show up. Um, so that's really interesting, that side of things. Um, Jew reports, again, being really strong in the Hawkesbury. It's kind of been very similar to all the estuaries at the moment. Um, and the King reports have been quite good in pit water as well. So it's been pretty steady in that system. So Hawkesbury's been great. Yeah, well, the local bass scene has been a little bit quiet, obviously, with the rain that we've had, but it won't take long before that will kick back in. Um, give it give it a couple of days of non-rain and then it'll, it'll fire up again. Um, and the other thing to think about, too, because the, the freshwater scene in general in New South Wales has been just fantastic. Um, and if you're thinking about planning a trip going inland or trying out, I have to admit, this is the perfect year to do it because it's very rare that we have so much rain um, inland. You know, uh, most of the dams are quite full and we're getting kind of these top-ups of all the river systems, or most of the river systems in general. So um, trout fishing in general has been really good and in particular the native fishing has been really good. So we're talking cod and yellow belly, um, not just in the dams, but also also on all the little creeks and rivers as well too. So, um, you know, if you are thinking about planning a trip, maybe Easter, you know, not, not far away, um, it's a really good time to have a think about maybe doing an in- inland trip because it is is going to be spectacular. It already has been. So, um, so yeah, in general, it's still been pretty good. As always, there's always something to fish this time of year. Uh, yeah, interesting, isn't it, though, Mike? It's almost Easter, which means it's not that far away from us having uh, our Christmas decorations back in the stores. Mate, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We've got to leave it there. The Complete Angler at Villawood. Check them out, 938 Woodville Road at Villawood. Give them a call, 97247474. And don't forget to check out their uh, other shop down there in the Queen Victoria building. We're approaching the news at 6 o'clock on the other side of that. We're going to... Dash off to Salamander Bait and Tackle. Tim Simpson will be along. And as Laurie likes to say, the Teletubby will join us as well. Paul Burt, I'm not going to be so unkind. But first of all, it's time for the news. We'll be back with more of High Tide on the other side. Talk overnight. Worst offender would have to be India and America. Yeah. They literally just treat the ocean like a rubbish tip. Rubbish yep. floating out off the coast of India that they can walk across. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. fishing boat. Yep. The ocean is going to end up saying enough. This is 2SM. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of servos where you can get cheap. A lot of independents are in Sydney. Yeah, just drive past the gouges. I just don't understand how selling it the same product at 70 cents more. Talk overnight on 2SM. Sydney, prepare for an encore like never before. Big Deal Touring presents Havashi Pure Piano Tour. Havashi, a virtuoso pianist and composer, a music visionary with rock star charisma. See him live Wednesday, May 22, Sydney Opera House, 